Gitin, Perik Ches, Mishnah Aleph, 8-1, a new Perik. And here, our topic is starting out with the topic of Venasan Biyada. The verse says he has to place it in her hand. So the Mishnah wants to establish what the mandate of the Pasuk is. Is it that he has to give it? Um, does it have to be specifically in her hand? And the answer is he has to do the giving, but it doesn't have to be in her hand per se. It could be anything that functions like her hand that could acquire it for her. In other words, Chazal say, by the fact that the Pasuk didn't say, into her hand he shall place it, which will make the hand sort of the focal point. The rather says he has to give it to her, but then it says in her hand. It could be anything that functions like her hand. So that being the case, says the Mishnah, things that it can acquire on her behalf, like her property, could function like her hand as long as she's present and nearby, just like her hand. Um, if one would put it on her property, then that could be considered giving it to her, as long as she's present, standing by, able to get it. So here the Mishnah says inside, Hazorek get le'ishto. If one throws a get to his wife, V'besoch besa, and she's in her house, O besoch chatzera, or she's standing by in her courtyard, backyard, something like that, Harezu Mugaresha, so then she's divorced. So the idea is that if it's her property, so then one's property can acquire something on his behalf, it's called a Kinyan Chatzer, and it uh, doesn't need to actually go physically to her. That assumes that the property is not only um, belongs to her, but also is Mishta Meris Ledata. That means that it's, you know, it's a private property protected by her, you know, cognizance, meaning that you know people can't feel free to come in and take things. They understand this is a private property, there's like a little fence around it or something. And therefore, no one's helping themselves to her stuff. So as long as it's her property, that's that's Mishtemeris Ladata. So the husband can put the get down, not in her hand, but you know, in the in the courtyard or in the home where she sees it and she's nearby, and that will be sufficient because it's the courtyard of the home which acquires it on her behalf through this mechanism called Kinyan Chatzer, an acquisition through one's property. So just to make sure this is clear, what are we talking about in terms of you know, let's paint a picture for ourselves. So we're talking about you know, let's say. Um, this woman brought in two, two pieces of property into her into her marriage. One is the home in uh, Jerusalem, and one is the vacation home in the south of France, the villa. So when she brings property in, she can bring property in one of two ways. She can make it what's called nechseit son barzel, literally iron flock, <laughs> or it could be nechse malug, property that is uh, plucking property, literally. So the difference is nechseit son barzel, this is um, referring to the fact that the property is given to the husband. He, at the time of the marriage, in the Ksuba, gives an appraisal, a generous appraisal of the property and says, in the event of divorce, I'll give you back the value of the home you're bringing in, or the property you're bringing in. So let's say that she brought in the home in Yerushalayim. He has it appraised. He says, look, a fair, a generous appraisal here is a million dollars for the property, and therefore if we get divorced, you get a million dollars. So now he can, the property becomes his in Yerushalayim. If he improves it, the benefits are his. If for some reason it goes, you know, property prices crash in Yerushalayim, that's his problem. She gets her fixed million dollars because it's called Nechseit Son Barzel. It's set in, the price is set in stone, so to speak, or as the mission would call it, set in iron, Son Barzel. And the same way that a flock, which could value it in, in value, depending, it could fluctuate in value depending on if like, the flock increases or decreases in number, but it's Tzon Barzel, like it's set in iron, meaning that it's a fixed value. So since a Tzon Barzel property really belongs to the husband, so he couldn't put the get down in such a home, even though she lives there also. That wouldn't be enough for her to acquire the get. But let's say she also brought in the second home in the villa in the south of France, and she brought that in as called Nechse Malug. So Malug property means that the husband has usufruct rights. That means that he has the rights to 
use the property while they're married. He could rent it out to whomever he wants to. He collects the rent, um, and he can do what he wants with the rent and so on, or the fruit that grows in the backyard. Um, in the event, however, that they get divorced, so she gets her property back. So that means if she brought in this villa in the south of France as her nechsimulug, it's hers. And that's true whether they specified it in the in the ksuba, or even any property she owns that isn't specified in the ksuba are automatically still hers, therefore they're nechsimulug. While they're married, he can use them, but when they get divorced, they go back to her. So that means it's her property. So Mishnah is saying, if they'd be in the house in Jerusalem, which is its own Barzal property, and he puts you know, the get on the floor in front of her, she's not divorced because it's not her property to acquire it. But if they're on vacation in the south of France, in their Nechsimulug property, which really is her property, and he puts it down in front of her or throws it to her or puts it in the backyard with her there, all those cases, um, since really it's her villa, he just has use of it while they're married, it will acquire on her behalf, they become divorced, and of course he no longer has rights to use the villa anymore. Now, uh, the next part of the Mishnah says, Zarkola, if he throws it to her, Besoch Beso, from within his house, back in the house in Jerusalem, let's say, the, the Tzon Varzal, or just his own home, or in his courtyard, his backyard. So she's in the, in the backyard of the house where he lives, and she lives together with him, and he gives the get to her, on her hand, but on the floor in front of her, or whatever it is, then it's not going to work. Even if she is lying in bed, and the word who here, which translates oftentimes as he, would be it, meaning the get, the get is with her in the bed. So he puts the get on her pillow next to her and says, this is your get, have a nice life. So since it's not her bed, it's not her home, it's not her hand, even though she's right next to it, too bad. In a Magresha, she's not divorced. Um, uh, an interesting point here I want to point out as Gemara speaks out is that we're assuming the bed isn't hers. If the bed were hers, in his home, and the bed were ten tefachim off the ground, at least. So then once it reaches ten tefachim off the ground, the surface of the bed becomes like a domain all to itself. And therefore, if she owned the bed, even if it's in his home, he wouldn't be mocked on like the, you know, the little space that the four legs of the bed are taking up, whatever it is. The bed is a unique domain. It's her domain. She owns it. Therefore, you put it on the bed with her in it, or she's standing by, and it's her bed. It could acquire on her behalf. Much like a basket, like we'll see in the next part of the Mishnah. As the Mishnah here now says, L'soch cheka, or l'soch kalta, if he puts it in her chek, or her kal- kalat. Now, a chek, I always see it translated throughout as being like one's lap, or one's bosom. I, I don't know what that's supposed to mean. I think throughout Torah Kula, I maintain the word chek in all of rabbinic literature is referring to the folds of one's clothing. I've said it before, I'll say it again here. And for sure it's a pshat in this Mishnah, because the Gemara says, the Chiddush is, her chek, meaning like the hem of her clothing, is dragging on the floor in his house. So it's like, it doesn't matter, says the says the Gemara. The Mishnah is saying, if he puts the get into her hem of her clothing, even if it's on the dragging on the floor of his house, so what? It's her clothing, and therefore it acquires for her as an extension of her, like her hand. So that's the chek, the folds of her clothing. And kalta, that's referring to her basket where she keeps her stuff. Uh, specifically, it's used for keeping like sewing implements, you know, like yarn and thread. Uh, but the point is, says the Rabbim, like this is like the equivalent of a kind of her basket she carries around with her wherever she goes, like her handbag. She walks around with it on her head, says the Rambam. And the point is, um, even if her basket or is sitting on the ground in his home, it's like her basket. It's sort of an extension of her. And if she's standing by there and he puts the get into her basket, it's like the hem of her clothing or like her hand or like her chatzer. It's all an extension of her. And therefore, her she'll be divorced because her her 
basket acquires on her behalf, and he's not Makbid, even if it's in his own home, he's not Makbid on the little tiny space that the basket takes up in his property, and therefore it's totally hers, so therefore delivering it to the basket, or putting it in the basket, uh, would be sufficient to effect the divorce.